It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Star Wars 7x7, episode 880. Today I'm talking about The Princess Diarist. It's the new book from Carrie Fisher that tells almost all about her time with Harrison Ford and almost nothing about her time on the set of Star Wars. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And let me start off with the positive. First of all, Carrie Fisher is a national treasure. And anything that she has to write, I am more than happy to read. The fact of the matter is, is she is funny as all get out. She is an excellent observer of the human condition in general and life in the spotlight in specific. She's insightful and incisive and if she possesses a filter or if she ever possessed one, it, it does not exist or she routinely chooses to bypass it on a daily basis. So everything you get in The Princess Diarist is the unabashed truth, no holds barred, all that good stuff. As far as it goes. And I say as far as it goes for a couple of reasons. First of all, for propriety's sake, as Carrie Fisher has tweeted already, she says she would never talk about what anyone was like in any kind of furniture, whether chair, dresser, drawer, bed, or closet, or any other thing like that. So there's a line drawn around a very specific area which she won't cross. Otherwise, everything else is on the table for discussion to extend the furniture metaphor unintentionally, but hey, there it is. And that includes their drug use, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher's drug use while they were dating or seeing each other or having an affair, as it were. Carrie certainly does not portray herself as any kind of angel in this whole process, but does say that she has never smoked marijuana again since encountering what she refers to as Harrison's brutal strain of pot that made her paranoid while she had it. And yet, surprisingly, this doesn't seem to have had any particular effect on Harrison's personality. And the reason why I say this, well, I guess I should take one step back and say that what I know about pot, I could write on a 3x5 index card and be done with it. I'm not a smoker or an edibles guy or whatever form it takes, what have you. Just not my thing. Hey, if it's your thing, then more power to you. But... That being said, my understanding is that pot mellows you out and makes you happier, looser, a little bit more free, as it were. And there's nothing in anything Carrie writes about Harrison that suggests that pot loosened him up whatsoever. She describes him as being more often silent than not, definitely grumpy. You know, that whole curmudgeonly thing that he has going on, that he's had going on for decades and decades. Yeah, the veneer has cracked a bit. You know, he was definitely more grateful and open when he was at San Diego Comic-Con ahead of The Force Awakens. He's become more willing to do talk shows and even do silly things on talk shows like with Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, for example. But 
pretty much you recall him as I do, as the grumpy old man, even when he was a younger man, who just didn't want to participate in the Hollywood machine. And that's exactly who he was, even in his early 30s, not even exactly famous yet on the set of Star Wars. He was probably the closest to being a Hollywood star in the way that we currently understand Hollywood stardom, if you take my meaning, because of American graffiti that had happened before Star Wars. Of course, Alec Guinness and, to a degree, Peter Cushing as well. They were definitely very famous movie stars, but not in the same way that Harrison Ford was becoming. So, yeah, Pot apparently did not take the edge off of him at all, at least not according to anything Carrie has revealed in this book. In fact, he seems to have been that kind of jerky boyfriend that if you're a woman, I'm sure you've had at least one like this, and if you're a man, I'm sure your wife or girlfriend has had one like this in the past. Hopefully you're not that guy. The guy who demonstrates just enough interest in you to keep you hooked and maybe doesn't treat you as well as you could be treated or should be treated, and in fact might even play against your own self-doubts a little bit. So you never feel quite confident with this person, and occasionally you get a bone thrown to you that clears the skies and makes you feel that much more about the person, even though they don't seem to necessarily feel as strongly about you. You know that sort of thing. And it seems that this is a thing that happens, I guess, at least the way Carrie Fisher tells it, with some filmmaking situations where people go on location to enjoy the possibility of having affairs. She makes mention of crew members who talk about how bored they are shooting at Elstree Studios because it's basically a day job in that case. It's get up, you know, go to work, go home to their wife and family and be done with it. This is the 70s where it's mostly a male crew. And it's not on location for the most part. So yeah, I know there were shooting in other places like Tunisia and Guatemala and so forth. But for the most part, it was done at Elstree. And so those folks are bored at Elstree and wishing that they could be off elsewhere where they could possibly have some sort of excitement and maybe even a fling or two. Basically, they're treating location like a big hall pass. That being said, Carrie does make a point of saying that she believes this is the only time that Harrison ever cheated on his first wife, Mary, I'm sorry about the pronunciation here, Marquardt, M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, to whom he was married for 15 years from 64 to 79 and had two kids with. And that to me was kind of the only statement that I found to be possibly disingenuous. I mean, Put it this way, you would think that Carrie would be enough of a clear-eyed observer, even four decades removed from that whole affair, that she would understand that if he had did this once, he probably did this more than once. Cheating on his wife while he's filming a movie. I mean, he is overseas, so it's not like the crew members that were talking about how they get up, they go to work, and they come back home. You know, he's not going home at night when he's filming in London. He's there for three months, so... Maybe, just maybe, there's some ego operating here. And I say that real hesitantly, quite honestly, because Carrie is very open about her insecurity, her self-doubt, her belief that she was not movie star attractive. In fact, when she was cast for the movie, she was told that she was overweight and that she had to lose 10 pounds before she reported to the set. And at the time, she says she was 110 pounds. Only 110 pounds, and they were telling her to lose 10 pounds. So... Yeah, that's classic Hollywood for you. Actually, I guess it's not really classic Hollywood because it's still going on. But that being said, she was actually nervous showing up to the set because she didn't lose the 10 pounds. And one of her concerns about the hairstyles they were trying out on her was that it might possibly clue people into the fact that she was carrying more weight than they wanted her to be carrying. That they might be able to see it in her face, basically. So, yeah, good grief. 
That being said, the reason why I think Ego might play a part in her statement about Harrison only having had an affair with her while he was married to his first wife, and really ultimately why she decided to talk about this affair now that it's 40 years down the road has to do with a quote from the book I'm about to share with you here. And since it's Carrie Fisher, of course, swearing is involved. This is a family-friendly podcast. The sort of unwritten rule is that no swear is used on the podcast, generally speaking, that doesn't appear in a Star Wars movie. However, there is going to be one in this quote that's a bit mild as far as what you'd hear in a PG-13 movie. So if you have kids listening and you don't want them to hear it, then brace their ears appropriately. She says, I suppose in part I'm telling you this story now because I want all of you, and I do mean all, to know that I wasn't always a somewhat overweight woman without an upper lip to her name who can occasionally be found sleeping behind her face and always thinking in her mouth. I was once a relevant piece of ass who barely knew she existed while much of the rest of the movie-going world saw me romping through the air in a metal bikini, awake as I needed to be in order to slay space slugs, being whoever I needed to be in the face of affective disorders and otherwise. And there you have it. So the affair takes up more than half of the content of The Princess Diarist, and that's including her recollections of the events and circumstances of the affair itself, her present-day ruminations and reflections on that time, as well as the journal entries that she included, which reveal intimate moments between the two of them, and not intimate in that wink-wink, nudge-nudge kind of way, as well as deep dives into her emotional state at the time, and even some poetry in there as well, some brutally honest stuff. However, you've probably noticed by now that for all this stuff that Carrie's talking about in the book, there's precious little that involves the making of Star Wars. And yeah, that was kind of sold as part of the book. So I'm going to be talking about that portion of things tomorrow because we're well past the seven minute mark at this point. I do have a trivia question for you and it is waiting on the other side of the break here. So stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Thanks, but no thanks, Cassie, and this is the easy part. Last time I asked you what title Leia does not use anymore, and that's Princess. Today's question, there's an iconic phrase in the Star Wars universe that Leia gets to say in The Force Awakens. What is it? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go caressing a senator, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not coarse like sand, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.